You know, it all boils down to everything. If we just saw fellow human beings as fellow human beings and interacted mm-hmm. with them, so many of the world's problems would go away. Welcome. You are listening to the Jordan Baylor Draft, a podcast that inspires writers to push through their limiting beliefs and blow the lid off of their personal creativity. My name is Jordan Baylor, a filmmaker best known for my animated web series, Love the Moochers. Listen as I sit down with writers to talk methods, habits, lessons learned, and how to make a beneficial impact with your work. Today is a new draft. Rewrite yours and improve. Welcome to another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft. Today is episode 41, and we have an FBI agent turned book author on. Her name is Christina, and she's really cool. She's a total badass. Um, But most importantly, she's pivoted her career into being a productivity coach. So she's built a full-fledged business around being a coach. She sells courses, books. And the thing I think that is most important about her message is the ability to get things done. Knowing yourself is the key to productivity. That's something I took away from the interview. You have to know yourself. You have to know when you have your most energy, when you're strongest, when you're smartest, when you feel the best. Is it at night? Are you a night owl? Are you a morning person? You can't just take everybody's advice and try to apply it to your life because everybody's different. You know, sometimes you'll listen to a Tim Ferriss podcast and you say, oh, I'm going to try that. But then you try it and it just doesn't work for you because that's Tim Ferriss. I mean, he's, he tries to be Jason Bourne. I mean, nobody wants to really be Jason Bourne, but Jason Bourne, you know, he's cool for the movies, but who really wants to be Jason Bourne? I mean, dude doesn't even remember his own name, but I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. The point is take advice from people with a grain of salt. Listen to them, take it in, see if it works for you. If it rings true on your ear, apply it to your life. If not, dismiss it and keep going. Now, the advice I got from Christina about productivity, I've been able to apply to my life and help get more things done. I've been able to juggle more projects and get things done in an effective time manner. So I'd like to thank you, Christina, and I hope you enjoy our interview. Welcome to another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft, the show where we deep dive into the minds of writers, coaches, and industry creatives on what it takes to thrive and succeed as a writer. Our guest today is a former FBI violent crime analyst turned author, speaker, and self-improvement guru with a strong focus on productivity. She is author of the book, Life is an Escape More, Escape Room, and so many other books. Welcome to the show, Christina Eames. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Okay, that's so good. So I like to start off every interview and ask, who is Christina Eames? Oh, that is such a deep, loaded question. (laughs) Am I going to be judged on how I answer it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So I am am me. I am uh, uh, an author, speaker, coach, podcast host, uh, mom, wife, pet mom. I mean, there's so many escape room addict. Where where do I, uh, where do I go from there? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I I'm loving life. 
I, my background a little bit. So I was with the FBI for a while, violent crime analyst, and then leadership development program. And then once the kids left the house, I decided to realize that entrepreneurial dream because I am an entrepreneur uh, and open up my own business. So I have a professional development catalog. We go in and do training for different companies, uh, soft skills, which I don't think they should be called soft skills because they're very hard. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I have uh, the three books and um, I do speeches and then of course a podcast, Quit Bleeping Around, and then a YouTube channel. Wow. You have a lot on your plate. How do you keep yeah. it all like together without feel like you're playing whack-a-mole? I'm hyperactive. No, <laughs> <laughs> actually to learn more about that, check out the second book, the secret to super productivity. So I mm -hmm. actually don't work that many hours in a day. Um, you know? It's all uh, just how you organize your time and energy. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to um, touch on your previous career of being like an FBI violent crime analyst. Like, what did you learn in that career that prepped you for what you're doing today? Oh, wow. So throughout the entire uh, everything, I've all of my different experiences. So I was a, a regular police department crime analyst, and then I went up and I was a violent crime analyst with the FBI. Um, I would say the biggest thing I've learned is connecting with others. Um, other people are human beings, and the more that we connect with them as our fellow human beings, the more successful we will be in helping each other solve violent crime cases, in um, <laughs> in getting business, in helping develop your emotional intelligence in the classroom. All of it falls down into uh, developing, I'm sorry, um, interacting with others. Interacting uh, with others. What yeah. are like the tasks of like a, a, a violent crime analyst? Like what do, what do they do? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so now it's been a while. Okay. So I don't know. Um, I've been out of that for, well, since 2010. So, oh, wow. 10 years. Um, but what my job was at that time was I, we each analyst got assigned certain states. Um, so we were responsible for coordinating with the local state um, and some of the federal agencies in those areas on their violent crime cases. So they would submit them to the database, uh, the VICAP database. I'm, I'm sure you've heard Hollywood mutter that several times. Yeah. <laughs> you check the VICAP database. Check the VICAP. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so what we would do is search off of different ways. The, our goal, whole goal, is try to connect agencies talking to each other. See a theme there. Uh, mm -hmm. Talking to other humans, right, so that they can coordinate on cases and um, it, it's almost like puzzle pieces. And maybe this is why I love escape room so much. It was all about putting together puzzle pieces. Like you'd have one agency here that has this piece of evidence in this case. And then there's another agency over here that has a very similar case. And this piece of evidence, you put it all together. They're able to identify the perpetrator and then go after him or her, um, and help clear a lot of cases and help a lot of families get some rest. Get some rest. So yeah. it seems like it seems like a, a big part of your job is communicating with people and, and, and meeting people where they're at so that you can get what you need from them to get, you know, oh, I don't want to talk with that guy. Like, you always see it in the movies. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't need it. They say, like, I don't need I ain't pissing down my neck. You know, like they always do. You know, like the movies, they always do that. Like, yeah, they drive internally. me crazy. <laughs> I can't watch them. <laughs> is it like that in real life or no? No, I can't watch Criminal Minds. I can't watch CSI. I don't even know if those are on still. I can't watch any of them. Yeah. 
No, you know, it all down, it all boils down to everything. If we just saw fellow human beings as fellow human beings and interacted mm-hmm. with them, so many of the world's problems would go away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I agree with that 100%. You just got to meet yeah. people where they're at. Exactly. So, I have a question. When you first left your job at the FBI and you put like your stake in the ground and you're like, okay, now I'm a coach. What was the first thing that you did that to, that set you up for success? Was it like writing a book or was it telling your friends and family, hey, I'm a, I, I know I was in the FBI, but now I'm a coach, you know? <laughs> yeah. What was it? Well, so again, I know this is going to sound repetitive, but building relationships, right? So mm-hmm. I actually did the last uh, three or four years with the FBI. I helped develop their their now leadership development program. Mm-hmm. Right, so I had a couple of instructors. I had a, a team of instructors and a team of logistics folks, and we ran through and did. We trained six, almost six thousand, from line level to executive leaders over eighteen months. That was a, that was interesting, right? So, but to set myself, so my business did start out just coaching before it came into professional development, and the first thing that I did was I immediately started networking and building those relationships. Mm-hmm. That brought in the business. I collaborated with everyone. Um, so it was a nice transition. Essentially, it was building relationships. The more that we connect with others and help them and they want to help us, the more abundance we all seek. We all have received whatever. <laughs> Connection. So yeah. w- w- when you say professional development, is this like prepping me for the workplace? Like what, is, what does that entail? Uh, so our courses uh, are like in basics of coaching. Uh, giving and receiving feedback, growth mindset, which is also addresses like a fear of failure kind of thing, uh, taking risks. What else do we do? All kinds of things. Uh, emotional intelligence, giving presentations, uh, facilitating anything to do with um, either, uh, I mean, just really trying to interact with others. <laughs> you see a theme here, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's all connectivity, either with it whether it's with yourself or with others. Yeah. I, I love that. I know a lot of writers that have like uh, self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. What, how, what is the way that they can work on that? Okay. So one thing that I've noticed, uh, well, in myself when I started out and other writers is we try to put up all these different roadblocks. Like I can't get it out till it's perfect or I can't get it out till I do research in this area or it's got to be this many pages. Yeah. Right? So we put all these rules up and all those are our little gremlins in our head because we're afraid of putting our work out there. My opinion on that one. Um, so what I have found is the more of those roadblocks that you can remove, the better, right? So internally, um, well, I'm just going to do a quick self-publish on Kindle. And then you put it out there and you're like, oh, okay, the world didn't end. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So huh, maybe I can do this a little more. Or you know what I can't do? I remember uh, my mother is a fiction writer. Mm-hmm. And she had first set a bunch of rules for herself on how many words she had to have in the document. And it's neat seeing she's on her fourth book now, um, Suspense Theories. It's scary what goes on in my mom's head. I think she also had the violent crime thing going. (laughs) But but they're really good. They're really good. Um, But um, she had a bunch of rule sets that she'd created in her her head too. And she's like on the fourth book. Now she's blown through those. So we create a bunch of rules, right? Um, That we have to. What was the other thing I was going to say on that? Um, Oh, 
I can't remember. There was one it's, more. It's but. fine. It's, you, you, you said a lot of value. I love that. Yeah. So you say your mom is a, a, a fiction writer as well? Or well, not as well, because you're a self-development writer. You're yeah. not writing Yeah, fiction. I'm self-development. Yeah, you're non uh, Yeah, she's fiction. Uh, her name is Melinda Crocker, uh, like mm-hmm. Betty Crocker. Okay. <laughs> okay. She has uh, four books now, The Seasons of Suspense. So each one of them are um, a strong female uh, hero in the book. Uh, and interestingly, one of them is a, uh, it's a serial killer that kills redheads. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but the, the, the hero of the story is also a redhead and she overcomes the, uh, the serial killer. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Let's, let's hope so. I hope yeah. she wins. <laughs> so, um, was she the first one to write a book in the family or were you the first one? Who inspired who? Interesting that you say that. So she's had, uh, she's already had like two or three books written, but she never published them. <clears throat> and then she saw me. Oh yeah. That was the other thing I was going to share on the other thing. So what I had done was, um, I was having trouble getting myself motivated to write a book. So she had all that stuff going on in her head too, right? It needs to be so many, um, so many words. It needs to be traditionally published, all of that kind of stuff. And then she saw me. What I did is I had an outline for the first book. And I'm like, okay, I need some help getting this done. I need some accountability. So I'm going to book a speech. <laughs> so, so I booked a speech four months out and I sold 100 copies of the book when it was just an outline form. And so you better believe that I had that book ready to go. I had it written in uh, about 40 days and then went through the editing and publishing process. Uh, before that speech. So that motivated me. And then she saw that process. She saw that I wasn't, it didn't need to be perfect going out, you know, first book, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that motivated her to get her first official book published. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sock Season. I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks and man, they are comfortable. They truly are. They, they, they come in like weird, funky, cool colors. And I'm not just saying this because they paid me. I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap or they're, they're tight around the toe or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores. And quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks. And after a few washes, they either rip or they shrink or I lose a pair or I lose one of the socks. Those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about Sock Season is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked, which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So go to www.socksseason.com. S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com. Use coupon code offstage for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. 
oh man, so you put a hard deadline on yourself. Yes. And you so the way that your accountability partner was basically the public. It wasn't yeah, even my client. I, yep. Wow. My, <laughs> your client. It was like, like I okay. better show up with a hundred copies of a book. <laughs> of a book. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I I think more writers need to learn how to hold themselves accountable and 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 uh, meet deadlines because yeah. that's a huge part of writing. Yeah. You know, well, finishing it's, stuff. it's not gonna be perfect. It will not be perfect. Do your best. It will not be perfect. Uh, we tend to put these all these pressures on us, but we're human, right? Love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you're a productivity expert. I mean, you wrote the literal book on productivity. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm someone with like a lot of dreams, goals, and ambition, but I always feel like I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you would tell me to get me started on this road to productivity? Oh, great question. It's not about time. It's not about time. Well, what is it about no. then? <laughs> <laughs> so it's about your energy levels. And that's actually what the secret to super productivity is about. It's it's a three-step system. And I actually have a planner. It, it has a planning system. But as long as you understand the system, uh, you don't necessarily need to use the planner sheets. Those are for people who want to do that, right? Um, actually, I have a masterclass hopefully coming out in a few months on that. Uh, but it's about know yourself, knowing your normal energy fluctuations throughout the day. Like I'm a morning person, right? And in this the system, there's a whole workshop on it too. But um, the system is you actually kind of guesstimate per hour what your energy levels are. And then you know what your energy creators are and your energy consumers. So an example of an energy creator would be self-care, exercise, nutrition, Um, a five-minute walk outside in the air, right? Little things that create energy for us. Mm -hmm. And energy consumer are those that take away. So um, energy vampires, (laughs) right? Maybe someone you spend five minutes with and you're like, oh my God, (laughs) right? People that call you, take your time. Yes. So knowing those, knowing what those are for you, because those are individual to us. There are some that are universal, but they can be individual to us. And then you plan your day accordingly. So I'll look at my task list and those that require my most energy, I have to do when I'm at that level for energy, which is the super productivity level. Um, Because normally we're tempted, like uh, I want to get done all of my level one or two tasks, ones that don't require a lot of energy during that time, because I can bang out a lot of them, right? Um, But with the system, you're not allowed to do that. You have to get that big stuff that takes a lot of energy done when you do have that energy. So it's about organizing your day. Um, And then when you can't control necessarily the organization of your day, ways that you can very quickly add energy to your day so you can make it be more productive and or limit those things that take away our energy. So essentially... Yeah, just uh, using your energy levels. And I honestly, I, I, I'm usually done uh, working by 2 p.m. Uh, every day, get all my stuff done in the morning, and then I'm done to chill. <laughs> hey, that's so cool. I, yeah. I love all of that. Like, there was, I'm going to have to go back when the episode is edited and, and listen to this and take notes because <laughs> you gave me, yeah, I was like, oh, what? Wait, slow down. Wait, wait. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you, you got to record well, it, dude. There's a whole book on it. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole book on it. Okay, go yeah. get. The, I have to go get the book. Okay. <laughs> what, what was that moment for you when you knew that you could help other people, like with productivity? Was there, like, you know, were you like, I got something? When, what, yeah. what was that moment for you? You know, honestly, it wasn't that long ago. It was uh, when I was looking at, okay, what is my next book going to be on? Um, what's the next adventure? And then I was looking around and thinking, well, you know what, I, 
I get a lot of stuff done. And evidently that's not, because I remember I had trouble in the government. I would get like, well, no, even as a kid in school, I would get all my work done and then I'd get bored. So I'd go around and try to do everyone else. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And then at work, I would get done uh, in what people do in eight hours in three. Um, so I tried to, I started looking at, wait a minute, you know, there's something behind this. What is behind this? And then I dove into it and it's essentially how I used my energy. Um, so you've always been extremely productive. Yeah. Wow. What I, I used it intuitively. I used it intuitively. And then I, I put a system around it uh, a few years ago. So it's all about energy and the time that you do it. So say for a writer, if he has, or she has a lot of energy in the morning, do your hour of, you know, your hour of writing or your two hours yes. early in the morning and then take a break and then write later on when you get five, six exactly. or whatever, you get that second boost and then yeah. knock out another draft or whatever you're working on. Oh, I and there's a tip that. for that too, mm -hmm. by the way. So let's say you're like, oh, I'm high energy in the morning, but I don't feel like writing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then you sit there and go, okay. And I did just to myself just last week. All right, I don't feel like writing. I have like seven video scripts to write, like four blogs, and I had six book review little video scripts to write. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do this. All right, okay, I'm just going to do one. <laughs> I'm just going to do one. So I just uh -huh. started writing one. And then before you know it, in 45 minutes, I had all of them done. What? So just tell yourself you're going to do just one or just that first step, or I just have to write one page. Right. And then once you're in it, you're in it, you're high energy already at that moment. So you just continue going. So when you sit down to write, what what does your setup look like? Like, is it, uh, you know, you turn off your phone? How do you how do you keep yourself from getting distracted? I need um, I get bored easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I need change. So I will depending on the day. So but I definitely don't check my phone and I don't check my email when I'm writing. So I put those distractions away, but I'll either like write in my office or I'll take my laptop and write somewhere else in the house or I'll go to the coffee shop or just somewhere to get a different change of uh, especially if I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. As long as you change your environment, it, that's actually a neuroscience related thing. Change your environment. Your brain is going to be more alert and paying attention to things. So it'll be more apt to hopefully do some writing. <laughs> I like to change it up. How, how do you like, okay. So I always wondered this, like, I know you said that you wrote your book after you figured out you were productive, but like, how do you develop a system to write a book? for like what's the process of developing a system do you test it on people do you test it on yourself are you you your own guinea pig like how does yeah. it work <laughs> <laughs> well for that one in particular so um it's almost like uh reverse engineering so you look around and think about okay what comes e and this is a difficult moment right and so this is for that self-development type writing Mm -hmm. um, it's what comes easy to me that other people seem to struggle with. Cause we all have, even if we don't believe it, we all have gifts in certain areas. And it could be as simple as, um, I've seen people like how to write a blog, like a, a three paragraph blog, right? What comes easy to me that other people seem to struggle with. And then you reverse engineer, like how you do that. And then that's part of developing the system. Um, and then you refine it. And then of course you want to pilot it with other people, see what they think, and a variety of people, not just people in our inner circle, right? Mm -hmm. That think differently, um, that come from all walks of life and see and get their feedback. And then you refine it. 
And then you don't wait till it's perfect. You get it out there. <laughs> and then you do like another version and another exactly. version. You can revise it, especially if you're self-published, you can upload another manuscript. Oh, I love that. That's so true. You have the power. A lot of people forget that when they self-publish, they, they kind of look at it negatively, but it's, it's option. You have all the power. You do. You have I have heard power. horror stories of, um, uh, like, uh, someone put their heart and soul into a book and it was a self, uh, help book. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the traditional publisher, they own it. Mm-hmm. So when that person stopped speaking on that topic, they took their name off and put another author's name on there that was willing to go speak about it. They own wow. it, they whatever they want with it. So I'm, I'm a very big proponent of, uh, self-publishing. Oh my God. That is awful. Yeah. That is awful. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what's an uh, uh, what's an unpopular opinion you have about writing? Oh. I don't know what's popular and what's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you you know, like when you first sat down to write a book, you probably read like all the blogs and then when you went yeah. through yourself, you're like, that doesn't work for me. You know, yeah, I don't know. Um when we put a bunch of rules around it, I guess mm-hmm. would be. I mean, you just get stuff out on paper. Um and if you have trouble writing, someone else can help you with it, right? Uh, don't ever let anything hold you back. If you want to write, write. Get some help. Don't put a bunch of roadblocks. Um, yeah, and I do see some people like to put a lot of rules around it. Like you have to do, in order to make it, you have to be a traditional publisher. You have to, it has to be perfect. It has to be done this way. And I am one that does not like to follow the rules. <laughs> I love that. That's one thing that I've noticed is, is like a thread all the people that I've interviewed is they simplify things. They yeah. keep it so like stupid simple. You're yeah. just like sit down and write the words. Yeah. And like and it sounds like, well, I'm sure there's more to it, but it really is that simple. It like, is. You just have to write. Yeah. And so many people think it's like a secret to it. Uh-huh. It's like, nah, man, you have to people have to learn how to develop a uh their own process and exactly. stick with it. And it seems like you just, you figured out a way to like develop your own productivity system and just your system for things that help you create. And that's, uh, that's absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. After working with so many clients, like what surprised you about how people think? Like what was the misconception that you had that when you talk to people, you were like, oh, wow, they're not like that. Yeah. Um, Actually, what I often see is uh, when I'm in the classroom with someone or coaching them or just interacting with them, it's now that I've been working on this area for the last few years, I can really see how people are getting in their own way. Mm. Um, So what surprises me is when they limit themselves so much. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I just had one yesterday that was like, whoa. <laughs> right. So like, it, it surprised me that that person wasn't confident in a certain area because I see that they are totally talented and gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have all these stories that we tell ourselves. And that's actually what a lot of my work is based on, right, is um, it, it's surprising to me how often everyone is, not everyone, but most people, I would say everyone, myself included, are uh, holding ourselves back in some form or fashion, because we have some sort of rule set in our head that it has to be done a certain way, or we are a certain way. Um, and we limit ourselves. So somebody feels or like, okay, what's a way someone can figure out if they even have that problem? Um, anytime. So one of the things I teach in class is anytime you feel some sort of negative emotion, that's uh, some sort of because we, we have beliefs and we make up stories about everything. I mean, everything in our lives, right? 
The majority of the time it is serving us, but there are times, well, depending on the individual and how much they're internally battling, right? Um, but when you feel a negative emotion like frustration or I'm stuck or sadness, um, that's usually an indication that you need to start listening to what that voice in your head is saying and start questioning it. Start questioning it. So you question yeah. your own beliefs. Awareness is the first step and then questioning is the next. Awareness. You cool. think you could get awareness through maybe journaling or how do, how do you yes. even develop? <laughs> Lots of ways. Actually, two awesome um, resources for that are books, of course. Uh, <laughs> positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin. Um, and he has positiveintelligence.com. And what I like about him is uh, in his work, he actually breaks down those voices in our heads into 10 different categories. And you can take an assessment <laughs> to see which ones are most probably in there. Um, and on top of that, with that assessment, um, and it's at positiveintelligence.com, uh, he gives you like, they call them saboteurs, right? So where did this probably come from? What, are you, what is it probably saying in your head? And what are some ways that you can overcome it? And then the other resource, very similar, is called Taming, Taming Your Gremlin. Oh, what is the author's name? Uh, Rick something. I can't remember. But Taming Your Gremlin. And it's along the same lines. We have a, a little gremlin in our head. And mm -hmm. it's telling us all these rules and stuff that we, uh, that we have to follow based on our beliefs. Um, and how to do that. And the first step is simply awareness, right? And then the next step is, uh, is and you can do that through journaling, um, reflection, meditation. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can do that. But they have some great resources in both of those books to help you with that. Uh, I, I thank you. Wow. Yeah, sure. How, what, what drew you into the, like the whole personal development, self-development? Like what drew you into that world and was like, I want to help others? Yeah. Two things. Well, one, I've always just wanted to help others. I've, mm -hmm. I've been annoyingly that way since a child. Uh, <laughs> literally, I would be annoying as a child. With <laughs> um, and then uh, I love uh, discovering and understanding how people tick. Um, so helping others, uh, loving that. And then also, um, I really see a lot of potential in pretty much everyone I meet. And, and it's really saddening that ne they don't necessarily always see that. And so I call that one of my superpowers to help them realize their potential. <laughs> That's nice because people listen to the programming of others. And I always tell people you have to like kind of step away if you're trying to like build yourself up and, you know, turn your phone off, you know, cut people off and yeah. figure out what you like and the messages you want to hear because the news and the media and everything is always just trying to program you everything exactly. is trying to program exactly you. i don't i don't listen i don't really check the news or watch the news unless there's something really big going really on. big yeah yeah um i i haven't done that since i used to have to when i was with the fbi trying to find cases mm -hmm. oh wow <laughs> right? but since then don't pay attention to the news um i block any negative social media because uh, we create that bubble around us right um and it's uh we decide what we let in and i'm only gonna let empowering stuff in that is, yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. <laughs> How can the uh, people get in touch with you, Christina? Uh, so ChristinaEans.com is like the, the, we'll call it the, the mothership website. So that has uh, most of the stuff in there. Um, but also has links to the Quit Bleeping Around podcast, the Life is an Escape Room book, and the Secret to Super Productivity in there. Um, and then they have uh, my contact information in there as well. 
Okay, and uh, the links to the books she uh, mentioned as well as her personal website will be in the show notes. So please be sure if you enjoyed the chat with Christina, please be sure to go pick up a copy of her books and um, reach out to her. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have one like, is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience with? You know, it could be a nugget. I don't know. Ah, Well, I mean, if you want something, go after it. Quite honestly, um, remove those roadblocks that you are creating for yourself because I guarantee you're creating more roadblocks for yourself than others are. So you want it? Go get it. You want it? Go get it. It's just that simple. <laughs> it's just that it simple. Is. It, it is. really is. <laughs> thank you so much for the chat, Christina. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> this has been another draft of the Jordan Baylor draft. Now turn off your phones and go right. <laughs>